see if you look great. Uh, sorry to see you go. You've only made me more powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Steve is going on to Breitbart, where he'll be fighting the good fight against globalist cucks like my son-in-law, Jared. <laughs> Steve, we love you. I'm going to crush you. Steve Bannon, everybody. Steve Bannon. <laughs> Folks, I'm almost out of time, but before the big finish with the cheering and the music inside and the screaming and the tear gas and the sugarcane knives outside, let me just say, live from New York, it's Weekend Update. It's Weekend Update, Summer Edition, with Colin Jost and Michael Chang. Welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, we'll be discussing the third episode of Saturday Night Live's Weekend Update Summer Edition with Colin Jost and Michael Che. I'm John Murray, and with me as always is Steve Finn. Steve is the host of Transparency on CHMR 93.5 FM in St. John's, Newfoundland. You can connect with Steve on Facebook at Transparency CHMR, and you can connect with us at snlafterparty.fm. If you're enjoying our podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. These reviews help us to get the word out, and they're greatly appreciated. All right, so let's just start with a quick program note. I am... Recording today from the Leelanau Coffee Roasting Company in picturesque Glen Arbor, Michigan. <laughs> so it's very likely that some of the merrymaking of the local coffee enthusiasts are going to come through in the background of the cast today. So pay that no mind. And uh, hopefully the uh, renewed zest for life that I'm achieving through my vacation here in northern Michigan is going to come through in the cast. And, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe it'll make for a better show. You look like you've gotten some sun. I have. I've gotten too much sun. <laughs> I'm a little, little toasty. <laughs> um, let's look at a little bit of SNL related news. We have the season 43 premiere announcement. We're going to get Ryan Gosling and musical guest Jay Z on September 30th. From what I remember, we both had great things to say about the last time we saw Mr. Gosling on the show. That episode had a lot of gems that <laughs> are still talked about to this day. That's when we got the first alien abduction sketch. Right, right. You can kind of thank Ryan Gosling for what that sketch is known for. You know, he was the one breaking the most uh, alongside of, you know, AD and Bobby. Right. You know, that's kind of that sketch's claim to fame. Mm-hmm. Also, the the elves that we were talking about the last <laughs> yes. podcast, you know, that they, they were in that episode. Right. Just how infectious Ryan Gosling was on that show with, you know, how he just couldn't keep it together and was like <laughs> so giddy. It was uh, it was great to watch, and I'm hoping he doesn't try to dial that back. I hope he leans into it more because, you know, it was just really fun to watch and almost enhanced the experience. Yep. He had a very strong outing last time. The highlight for me was that Santa Baby pre-tape where him and Vanessa are a uh, sort of psychotic couple that hold a Christmas party hostage until Santa appears. That was just some really fun, dark material that you need a host that can bring a lot uh, acting wise um, and performance wise. And he was able to really, really make that work well. Vanessa too, to her credit, she she did awesome in that. But uh, it, I think it just showed that he's one of the hosts that comes to really have fun and, and, and just bring a lot to the table. And I think the show probably respects that and is learning how to make good use of them. So with a, a premiere episode, they typically want to push the writing a little harder and really make a big show. So having someone like him in the mix where they can get some versatility and, and some, some gravitas, hopefully that's going to make for a good premiere. I'm really excited about this. 
Yeah. Excited to see what this uh, Jay-Z guy is all about too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's an up and coming uh, hip hop artist. So, you know, he's, he's finally made it to SNL. I, I think the sky's the limit for the guy, you know, he might really have a shot of breaking through here. <laughs> Absolutely. I think he's the next Sir Mix-a-Lot, you know, if he plays his cards right. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Only time will tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's get past that. Let's jump into our show. So this week, we open with a cold open. Uh, they've roped Alec Baldwin back into doing Trump and he is addressing his Charlottesville comments at a rally in Phoenix. It was great to see our man, Alec Baldwin back at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't help, but think about all those times he said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do it much longer. <laughs> right. I'm almost done playing Trump. And now he's probably going to do it for a whole other season. Right. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm not complaining yep. the sketch itself. It was really awesome. It helped break up the monotony of just, you know, new story after new story. Right. You know, as good as that structure is for delivering jokes, it's a little bit visually dull, right? It's just talking heads. So to throw in a cold open there, mixing it up a bit, kind of made it feel more like a mini episode of SNL in its entirety. Right. And not just weekend updates stretched to 22 minutes. Yep. It was very welcomed. Yeah, it's a fair point. When they have a cold open culminate in the smash zoom and the live from New York moment, that sets the show off on a a different foot. It creates a good energy. And you're right. It feels more like a proper episode of SNL then. So this was a much needed change. You know, we've had three weeks in a row of weekend update. They got to mix it up a bit or else it's going to start to feel stale. So this was a good time to bring him in. It was a good time to make a big show since last week was a little heavier and, uh, you know, a bit of a mixed bag in some respects to uh, really kind of ramp things back up. I, I think it was a, yeah, a good call on the show's part to, to bring Alec in here, but uh, enough about Alec. What do we think about the cold open overall? Was the material strong? Did it make some good points? Did we walk away happy from it overall? Yeah, I walked away happy. Okay. One thing I appreciated was the accuracy of uh, recreating that specific rally. <laughs> yeah. And I'm talking about the crowd. A lot of those extras were dressed up just like some of the people that you would have seen in the background uh, in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Keenan was probably my favorite part of this. Okay. That says something because he had like, what, two lines. Most of what he did was uh, visual gags and very subtle ones. You know, that just something about that thumbs up, wave, nod <laughs> combination he was doing. I mean, it was so very much Keenan. Yep. Like it was obviously something we've seen a million times. But for some reason, I never get sick of it. Keenan, one could argue his range is narrow at times, but it never gets old for me. And something about what he does allows him to stay on the show for 16 years. (laughs) Like (laughs) not many people can do that without, you know, everybody saying, all right, maybe it's time to move on Keenan and do good burger too. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Yeah, no, he is the master of just being able to stand there and make you giggle. You know, he, he can use his body and use his face in a way that, uh, it's just, it's, it's infectiously funny. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at our first run of jokes. For all the things that Trump has gifted to SNL for amazing comedy fodder, this was a, an exemplary week of that. Sure. You know, he had his meltdown. He had his eclipse, (laughs) unprotected, uh, observation. Donald Trump is basically satirizing himself mm-hmm. only it's not satire because it's real life and this is what he's doing but like if you didn't follow it you you would think they're making exaggerations that they're not right 
yeah, SNL, as much as they're frustrated, they're probably also very thankful for, <laughs> for what Trump has done for the show. Yeah, absolutely. Pete Davidson comes out to discuss Colin Kaepernick remaining a free agent. What do we think of Pete's latest? I thought it was great. And I'll be honest, I'm not a big sports guy. Obviously, I know about this uh, Kaepernick fella from the controversy of his uh, kneeling for the anthem and all that. Right. Didn't know he was having trouble uh, getting traded, drafted, whatever the, the term is, using <laughs> using some technical terms there. Yeah, no, this is quality radio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought this was strong stuff from Pete. He's had some bits in the past where I felt like he hadn't quite sorted out the material, like it was a little a little muddy, like some of the points weren't really quite crystallized yet. Whereas this I felt was very coherent and very well presented. Uh, he has a very laid back style that he's getting comfortable with at the desk, but I felt like it was really working this week. He was a little self-deprecating. He was able to uh, play with the audience a little bit and uh, goof on his mom. So there was just, there was a lot to like. Yeah. So yeah, this was a thumbs up for me. I also like the self-deprecating stuff. It also made me wonder why we haven't seen Kate this whole time the last few episodes of weekend update, you'd think they'd really want to get her on. I'm, I'm guessing she's um, filming the movie or something. Oh, I'd, yeah, I'd be willing to bet she is. She's, she's a hot commodity. So she's got three months over the summer to make, Hey, I'm quite sure she's filming somewhere. Yeah. Let's uh, look at their second run of jokes. Yeah. There was some good stuff. Really enjoyed the son delivering the baby for the mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They'll never be able to make eye contact again. <laughs> yeah. I never even thought of that bit. Like I was hearing the story, the setup, and I was like, oh, that's nice that that worked out. And then the punchline just completely changed the whole meaning of it all to me. And that's, yeah, that's really good comedy right there when you can really not predict the outcome of the joke. Sure. Just getting caught off guard is, is really where a true belly laugh is born. Yep. That was good. I wanted to call attention to Joe Tiger Woods joke there in the middle. He had a, a joke where he says something along the lines of the worst thing about these Tiger Woods nude photos is that you can see his hole in one, which is just excellent wordplay. And his delivery was really sharp on it. And it just, it, it really caught me. Like I really thought that that was a fun, goofy little pun. So, uh, that worked for me. Yeah, you could tell Colin was very, very proud of himself yeah. for telling that joke. <laughs> and he should be. He really nailed it. Yep. But that smug look on his face, I mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone could fight that off after telling a joke like that. This was one that he was proud of. And, and when it landed, yeah, that was a good moment. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Alex Moffat as Conor McGregor discussing his match with Floyd Mayweather. Good stuff. Good stuff. It was good. Yeah. I talk about Alex all the time, a lot more than I would have expected mm -hmm. when the season started. You know, I didn't really know he was going to very quickly become my favorite cast member right. out of everybody. Yep. And uh, that's really what is happening. He's so good. He's so talented. He does have natural ability, but you can also see a lot of experience in what he does. Yep. You know, he's really paid attention to how subtleties and nuances can really enhance a comedic performance. Yep. There's one little moment where he's coming to terms with the fact that he's not going to be able to kick 
during his match and he pauses and you, you see him sort of mull it over mentally. And then he comes to the realization that he's going to lose. And he just, you know, he has that little epiphany there and Alex Moffat is able to convey all of that and then land a nice little joke at that moment. And because there's so much performance leading into that little joke, that little line that he delivers of, Oh, I'm going to lose then or whatever. It just makes it really, really work, really flow. And uh, that is his gift. He seems to be really strong when it comes to these characters and, and being able to find those moments to punctuate the performance, he takes good material and he makes it better. And that's what you wanted SNL. So I'm super impressed with him. Continue to be. Yeah. Yeah, man. Let's talk about weekend updates. New segment. Where's Wes? Yeah. Paint a picture for me here. What, what was this? Oh, it was a new segment. A weekend update. Of course. <laughs> sure. We have Wes here who um, is in a mystery part of the world. And uh, what makes this hilarious is that there's so much setup and uh, so much effort put into the graphics and opening segment. (laughs) Yeah. The theme song and all of it. Yeah. Yeah. They wrote a song. They did an animation. A lot of work went into it. And the real joke of this is that he messes it up immediately (laughs) and reveals where he is by accident. We've invested so much time into this whole concept only to have it ruined immediately. (laughs) That's the real joke of this. That's the actual punchline. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. Yep. You nailed it. That's exactly the point. It very much had some shades of their Carmen Sandiego spoof from earlier in season 42, where uh, in a similar vein, it was all about, you know, Rockapella's theme song and all the introductions. And then the show gets derailed the first time one of the kids gets a chance to speak and explains that they don't really even want to participate and find Kellyanne Conway or whatever. It had that same kind of feeling to it. And it sort of makes sense. This was even kind of goofing on the visual style of Carmen Sandiego's logo and stuff like that. So they definitely were siblings um, in some respects, but yeah, funny little setup, very quick in and out little segment there. And then we move on to Cecily strong back as Kathy Ann talking about Nazis. Despite being serviceable, I did have some, uh, some reservations about this one. I had to think about it for a bit cause it wasn't, it wasn't right there. It was, it was kind of hard to place what was different about this one. Sure. And, uh, the more I thought about it, the more I realized what Kathy Ann was all about. You know, she's obviously a very unpolished character, but through, all of that, she makes some very wise observations and makes very good points. Mm-hmm. But that's a very thin line that the writers have to teeter on because the whole point of this character is that, you know, she's half paying attention to what's going on, but <laughs> things are so messed up that like pretty much anyone can see yeah. what's wrong with it. Right. So if her observations become a little bit too astute or a little bit too, um, a little on the nose. A little too on the nose, then it starts to break that uh, that whole concept down. That's why I don't think it worked as well this week. You're right. It didn't feel as satisfying or something felt a little off about it compared to the last couple outings. Um, I was trying to figure out how to sum it up. And I, I was just going to say something to the effect of she's kind of become a victim of her own success. Yeah. Because it, it seemed like the audience is expecting these like big, heavy truth bombs. And they're just like anticipating when they get to start you know, hooting and hollering because she's made this profound social statement. And I don't feel like the material was really up to the job Mm -hmm. in, in doing that. And I don't think it should be because when Kathy Ann first showed up, the audience wasn't expecting that. So when it happens, it catches them off guard and they're surprised by it. So there's uh, a little bit of an organic buildup of the audience investing in it. But now that she's a known quantity, you don't really get that. So 
to me, middle of the road, but I'm, I don't want to be overly critical because it just, it wasn't bad. It was amusing. It just wasn't great. Right. At least in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's our show. So let's talk moment of the night. I got a very specific moment of the night. Okay. It would be Connor McGregor's mention of red balloons. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Why? What, what made it for you? Well, you know, back in the day when I was a youngster, that was like the big thing with Lucky Charms is that there was always a limited edition yes. marshmallow. <laughs> uh, I remember it being the little green hat with the darker green clover in it. Mm-hmm. You've just given me a great idea for a new marshmallow. They're new Lucky's Hat marshmallows, shaped like Lucky's hat with a four-leaf clover inside. Two colors in one for more marshmallowy fun. Now for a limited time in Lucky Charms, a tasty part of this good breakfast. They're magically delicious. I remember it being such a big deal because it was two different colors. Right. It was two shades of green in the one marshmallow. That yeah. They that. did achieved some like huge breakthrough in lucky charms, manufacturing technology that they were able to create this <laughs> spectacular multicolored niblet. Yes. yes. You know, they took all the scientists <laughs> away from curing cancer long enough to come up with that and totally worth it. Yep. Totally worth it. That's, I don't know. It's a very weird, uh, specific reason to pick that as my moment, but I'm sticking to it. No, it's perfect. It's, it's pure nostalgia. Cause you tapped into what they were goofing on. That was beyond just the joke of, Oh, he's the leprechaun from lucky charms rattling off his lucky charms. They actually mimicked the format of the commercial by having, like you said, that, that special edition bit at the end. So yeah, it was a smart joke and uh, yeah, for children of the eighties and nineties, you're going to instantly be back in that moment of trying to figure out how to sell your parents on the absolute necessity of getting the limited edition lucky charms with the red balloons in it. Yep. It was great. It was great. Fun moment. Yeah. For my moment, I'm going with Colin Jost, Tiger Woods joke, (laughs) (laughs) just how satisfied he was and how well that joke landed for such a silly joke. It just amused me. It just really amused me. I thought it was good writing and, and well executed. So that's my moment. Good choice. Yeah. Okay. Best overall feature. Got to go with Conor McGregor. Okay. Talking about his upcoming fight. That was uh, my favorite. And that's saying a lot because we've gone all summer without Alec Baldwin's Trump. And then we finally get a taste of him again. And I'm still going with Alex's bit Mm -hmm. because he's my boy, it seems. And uh, his Conor McGregor was definitely my highlight. Yep. That definitely was the best feature. I agree. Um, Good point that Alex Moffat actually was able to eclipse Alec Baldwin tonight. You know, they brought in a ringer. They, They wanted to have a really big show. And Alex Moffat, this featured player who we should not be talking about as much as we're talking about still managed to steal the show. Yeah. I think that's a good pick. So I'm going with it as well. MVP. Well, it's a hat trick. Sure. (laughs) Uh, giving it to Alex Moffat. Yep. For the same reason I gave him my moment of the night and my best feature because just, he was so on the ball and at the top of his game, he absolutely spit fire and Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this uh, this coming season, I'm looking forward to a lot more time spent with Alex Moffat now that he's proven and we know just how he can be used on the show. Yep. It's going to be a great season just for that alone. Yep. He took the night. I agree. He's my MVP as well. His character was strong. It was energetic. He had the rhythm. He just had a whole lot of control in his performance and every joke really landed. I just, I thought he did a stunning job. Yeah, man. On a scale of classic, great 
decent week or train wreck? How would you rate this episode? So you're sticking with decent, eh? Yeah, I, th- I think it, it served its purpose well last week. It, it seemed to convey things kind of how we wanted them to be conveyed. So I like it. I, I think that'll work. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had a, I had a suggestion. Oh God. Okay. What? What? Just cue, uh, you know, <laughs> cheesy joke that I'm going to have to edit out. <laughs> um, no, I was just thinking if we could do it on a scale of 10 kicks, a seven out of 10 kicks to me with her or something like that. All yeah. right. So on a scale of classic, great, decent week or train wreck, how would you rate this episode? I feel really unheard right now. <laughs> yes. Intentionally. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm going to go with great. If I really had to go with yours, uh, this was a return to great status. As we saw in the first episode, we dipped down to decent, typical, good, whatever last time. <laughs> yeah. Now we're back to great. In my opinion, this was, uh, every bit as good as the first one. It was more polished. Yep. Joseph and Shay weren't trampling on each other. And, um, you know, we had a really nice cold open. We had some really good features. So just recipe for success there. Yep. It was great. Surprisingly competent work from Pete Davidson, Jost and Che, no real fumbling, no real misfires. All the jokes were solid. All the features, Donald Trump, you had it all. This was a, a big show. They really wanted to go out on a bang and I, I think they, they pulled it off. I think this was solid end to end. I'm going to go with great as well. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a cast. Thanks as always to Steve Finn. You can connect with Steve on Facebook at Transparency CHMR. If you're enjoying our podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Our patrons get early, ad-free access to each new podcast episode, as well as many other exclusive member rewards. You can learn more about all the ways you can support the cast at snlafterparty.fm. We'll be back soon for our Season 43 preseason extravaganza. Until then, this has been Episode number 27 of the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm John Murray. Good night. And have a pleasant tomorrow. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Please give it up one more time for Keenan, Cecily, Alex, Mikey, and our special guest tonight, Alec Baldwin. And join us back here next week for our, well, I'm sorry, September 30th for our season premiere with host Ryan Gosling and musical guest Jay Z. For Weekend Update, I'm Colin Jones. I'm Dick Gregory. Good night. A 10-year-old Louisiana boy is being honored for saving his mother's life after she prematurely went into labor and he helped deliver his baby brother. Doctors say the baby is healthy, but that it's unlikely the mother and her son will ever make eye contact again. (laughs) Hackers have released nude photos of golfer Tiger Woods. Or you can still see Tiger Woods nude the old-fashioned way by working the late shift at Hooters. It'll get worse. The worst part about these Tiger Woods nude photos is that you can see his hole in one. I get it now.